Hey, what's up, fam bros? It's your boy DJ Ben Amin. And on this week's special delivery, we'll be covering the new show, Extant. Still covering the final season of True Blood. And Kimsonian wonders, why are we still watching The Leftovers? Uh, yeah, am I still watching The Leftovers, Ben? I think you are, unfortunately. Stay tuned, fam bros. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans, or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, on this special delivery episode of Fan Bros Show, where we cover all the latest and greatest in TV news. Everything is popping on your TV set, on your internets, wherever you watch this at. We're going to cover it tonight on Fan Bros Show. It's your boy DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. the Butcher of Names. And this is the voice of the Urban Geek. And on the spaceship tonight, I am joined by... Kimsonian, a.k.a. Blackwoman. I speak to fishes and Ebonics, Ben Hameen, just in case you didn't know. I get you. You talk to them all, but you don't sleep with them. That's how we do on Fan Bros Show. And like I said before, this is Special Delivery, where we'll be covering the latest in TV greatness. And tonight we have a brand new show to develop, to talk about. Extant. Did I get that right, Kimsonian? You got that, man. Extant. Extant. Which you say is the biggest fan bro show of the year? Fan bros out there, I say that on paper, this looks like the biggest fan bro show of the year. Only in that it's a black woman in the lead role. This show stars Holly Berry. She's also a producer on the on the TV show. I don't know the last time Holly Berry was on TV or in a TV series, or honestly, if she was ever in a TV series. So this is pretty big stuff. She's also coming off her appearance as Storm in the latest X-Men, Days of Future Past. So here she is with that momentum, premiering with this new sci-fi series, executive produced by Steven Spielberg. Looks like a shoe in Ben. I mean, that's why I'm saying it could be the biggest fan bro show of the year. I didn't even realize it was executive produced by Steven Spielberg. So this show really has like its pedigree in order. Like, yeah, I, I feel you. On paper, you know, it could be the biggest fan bro show of the year. It's like when the Lakers dropped Dwight Howard. You know, on paper, that looked great, but, you know, we saw how that ended. I'm so. agreeing with you. I got the so Kanye far, shirt though, going on paper. Episode, it looks like. episode of X. Uh, yeah. What'd you think, Kimsonian? What'd you think, Kimsonian? Um, you know, I got to say, the episode entitled Reentry, the pilot episode, interesting story, but act- actually, nothing new. I got to say, I would say it's a combination of the film AI, uh, the film Gravity, and uh, Rosemary's Baby, all in a sci-fi twist. That's what I felt. Wow. You know, I kind of got that vibe. I definitely, as I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, this is definitely some AI business going on here. AI also reminded me of Adam, the old school joint. But AI reminded me of Adam, so it's trying to just, you know, following the trend. Uh, I liked Halle Berry in it. I did, you know, there there was a couple of moments where I really had to question. I don't know if it's the writing, directing, or Halle Berry. It just, there was some, 
as Combat Jack likes to say, it reminded me that I'm watching TV. You know, there was a little like, uh, this is kind of cliche. I've seen this before. Like you said, the Rosemary's Berry baby aspect of it. For those who don't know, the show is about Holly Berry as an astronaut. She returns to Earth after 13 months gone, and it's revealed that she's pregnant. And this show takes place in like a near future setting where people are traveling, I guess, to different worlds. There's artificial intelligence of a sort. So we get like a near future, kind of like a Buck Rogers, but more current feel to it. And Hallie returns from her 13th month trip, and she was out solo, and now she's pregnant. So that's the basic premise of the show. You also have the Rosemary's Baby aspect kicking in because Hallie and her husband have a little robot baby, or a little robot boy, because they were unable to conceive themselves. And the robot boy seems to start acting funny as soon as Hallie returns. First episode, that's pretty much it, right, Kimsonian? Yeah, that I mean, that was a great summation of it. I think it was a little uneven, and again, we're just basically introducing the, the premise of the show. Um, again, my theory that all sci-fi needs to have, like, an evil corporation, uh, the funding of the AI Sun is uh, provided by an evil Japanese corporation, um, the Yasumoto Corporation, headed by... The same actor who played Hatake on Helix, who was the evil corporate, like a version of the evil corporation on Helix on the Sci-Fi Network. So I got to say, this guy's double dipping and uh, <laughs> he's being very typecast. Um, although in this one, I think he's got a lot more money and uh, on Helix, he, he was a little more human. Um, on this sh- on Extant, he seems a little more uh, stiff. But uh, either way, that was a surprise. Um, and I was like, hey, that's the guy from the other show. And then the kid who plays the AI son is the kid from Looper, um, the Ryan Johnson movie that uh, starred, uh, I forget the dude's name, uh, Robin from the, from, uh, from the <laughs> Batman <laughs> series, Christopher Nolan Batman series. I say his name all the Oh, uh uh, Gordon Levitt. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, a lot of familiar faces. I'm sure the Spielberg name got some casting going on. A um, little uneven. I'm. Uh, I saw the flashes for the next uh, couple of episodes, so I'm kind of interested to see where we're going with this. Yeah, another thing with your evil Japanese corporation, and another thing that this show seemed to crib from was the Harbinger comic book uh, from Valiant Comics. They have an evil Japanese head, and he also has to go into these deep sleeps, or otherwise his powers go out of control. And you see the Japanese dude waking up from some sort of deep sleep, and then eating a variety of weird foods off a table. And I really got the vibe from Breaking Bad, the episode where the boy commits suicide over in Germany, and before he dies, he has to taste all the different flavors for the dipping sauce. Nice, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so that was the vibe I got from him. So it was a little, I know it was supposed to be a little more serious, but I was over here chuckling to myself. But overall, yeah, Extant, I wasn't mad at the pilot. Like you say, a little uneven. Halle Berry, you know, some little nice future special effects. 
Yeah, I gotta say, she looks really good, man. You know, oh, I mean, goes without saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, she she turned on the uh, you know the faucets with the with the crying face. She's got that standard crying face look. I think somebody should do a supercut of all the uh, the the crying face Holly Berry look. <laughs> All sad, Holly Berry. Faces. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, because they shoot her from a kind of a low angle when she does it, and then her eyes kind of just they just get bigger. I don't know how she does that. <laughs> they get bigger, and then you can see the tears just right at the edges. It's it's a it's a cool trick that she does. Definitely is. Yeah. So for our first episode, like you say, it it has the potential on paper. We're gonna keep watching. We'll you know give it at least three episodes, as you say. But, yeah, a little bit uneven in the pilot, but still probably one of the better shows that we're going to review this week, as we also have to cover True Blood and the Leftovers on HBO Sunday night. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's get into True Blood, Ben. Um, One thing, I'm glad you plugged the HBO thing, because uh, I have to say I'm very proud that we here at Fambros cover Game of Thrones regularly, and uh, the Emmy nominations just came out. And Game of Thrones is nominated for 19 Emmys, which is leaning up, unbelievable. And then also uh, a personal favorite, True Detective is nominated for 12 Emmys, and nice. uh, both Woody Harrelson and um, Matthew McConaughey are nominated for Best Actor. So that's like incredible. Personally, I think. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is going to pull it off because it really is his story. Um, but yeah, shout out to HBO. You guys are always killing it. Um, that not said, always. Yeah, you're right. Actually, Ben, let me not let me not jump the gun. Um, that said, let's get into this episode of True Blood entitled "Death Is Not the End." Um, yeah. So this unfortunately, ep- it's not the end for the show. Just yet, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. I'm so glad you 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 put that uh, out there because this had to be one of the most uneven episodes of True Blood. Whereas last episode, I was actually pleasantly surprised that the action and of course the, with the death of Al Seed and uh, you know it just it just had a, a tone to it that I appreciate. Had a little humor. Had a had a little you know blood and gore. This one, I think it didn't start cooking until, like, maybe the last 10 minutes. And uh, yeah. it was kind of slow to me. What would you think, Ben? Yeah, it wasn't the best episode, definitely. Like you said, last week had more of a good balance. This episode, once again, when the cheese came out, it came out, like, in full display. Swiss, mozzarella, <laughs> you know, however you wanted, the cheese was there. Because there was, I mean, there was one great line that was so cheesy and just so typical of True Blood. When Sookie is sitting with Bill and she offers her blood to him and he's like, are you sure? And she comes with, it's just lunch. Right. Like, oh, man. You know, <laughs> I know. It's, it's like, a, I mean, this show is so good at what it does. You can't deny that. It's very good at being a cheesy, corny show. If you look at it any better or deeper than that, then you're going to have a problem. Right. I did appreciate the return of Hoyt in this episode because Hoyt's one of my favorite characters. So it's good to see that he's going to come back to deal with the death of his mom. I'm putting money that he finally ends up with Jessica somehow because Hoyt and Jessica seem to be made for each other. And she's definitely going to dump this dude she's rolling with right now. Golf, vampire, whatever. Right. Uh, uh, I also like that this episode wrapped up the big bads of the season. What, four episodes into the season? Right. 
like I was I was pleasantly surprised by that that the evil hepatitis V vampires all get murdered off. The raging townspeople get dealt with swiftly. <laughs> like it, with, with vampire speed. <laughs> oh man, there was one kill that was one of the greatest things ever when the dude slammed the door on the one human and cut him off at the feet. Right. It was just oh man, that was well played, true blood. And then also, like, Bill finishing off the head of the mob. Like, he didn't even, you know, he just got murdered. There was no great death scene, no final speech. He just just dunned off, and that's the end of the mob. He didn't even have a line. Like, he has, in the first three episodes, (laughs) this guy's got monologues, and he just catches a stake to the back of the neck or the top of the head. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just the fountain of blood comes out. And I'm like, hey, wait, that's that guy. I know. And then he's just gone. That's why I loved it so much because it wasn't like you said he had all these monologues. So you expect him to have some, you know, big battle with the vampires. I mean, he has a big battle, but it, you know, it just shows that when you mess with these vampire speed, you're not really ready for it. And yeah, R.I.P. to him. R.I.P. to the hepatitis V vampires. We also got some flashbacks with Eric, which were just worth the price of admission. I'm sorry, the '80s flashback to Eric alone with his hair was. Just epic, you know, in and of itself. So, like I say, it's an uneven episode because of the cheesiness, but I still really appreciate True Blood for what it does. And even as bad as it is with uh, Sookie's homegirl, her name is slipping me right now, and her near-death vision of her dead husband being cornier than anything I've seen on TV in so long, I'm still not mad at True Blood in this final season. You know, I'm glad that this is the final season, but yeah, it's it's a good little summertime show. I, you know, I agree with you. I think this episode, it just there are moments that were just so long, and I know they have an hour to fill, but I there's other shows do an hour way better. Uh, the only thing that I felt like was that they are wrapping up this first kind of uh, setup for the season. And I think they're really going to get into your girl, the the yoga chick, um, the preacher's wife. The yes. preacher's and I'm wife. I'm mad that she wasn't on this episode because we didn't get to see New Me, which I didn't mention last week. But that is one of the greatest names for a character ever. A woman starts a new life and calls herself New Me. Right, New Me. And I feel like uh, she, you know, her storyline is going to take more of a central focus. And they had to get rid of this other stuff in the meantime. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll see where we go with that. And, you know, last but not least on this week's episode of Special Delivery, The Leftovers on HBO, Sunday nights at 10. Well, Ben, this episode was called Two Boats and a Helicopter. And uh, that's exactly what I'm jumping on to get away from watching this show. Because... <laughs> I am I am publicly resigning from watching this show. Uh, I I gave it my three episode uh, challenge. Um, so just to wrap up, uh, this episode was focused on the crazy preacher, who barely makes a dent in the first two episodes, and then all of a sudden we're an hour uh, dedicated to this guy. And um, I gotta say. Um, it was very, uh, how do I put this? Tedious is the word. <laughs> Tedious is the best way to put repetitive this. Repetitive, too. Repetitive, and 
it really did pick up again in the last five minutes. I swear, this was probably the worst programming of True Blood back-to-back with Leftovers. If you could choose, you know, Ben, you're a DJ, so you know that you don't mix, uh, you know, two bad things together. I think tonight on HBO from 9 to 11, <laughs> it was a little, little slow, HBO. But uh, anyway, um, focusing on this crazy preacher who's got this great face. He's an actor who's been around forever. Uh, but, uh, you know, didn't this this episode just did not grab me at all. I don't know what this series is really trying to do. Um, I don't know if I have the right lens to be watching this. I, I usually have the Fambro lens on, and this is definitely not that kind of show. Yeah, I'm I'm more and more disappointed in it. Like I said, from the first episode, I thought it was one thing. You revealed to me that they're never going to reveal the mystery behind why these people disappeared. And like you said, it seems to be more of a character study as this episode turned to Crazy Preacher. You got some reveals that he's related to a woman who lost her you know, family. So you keep seeing the interconnectedness of this town. Crazy Preacher has visions that enable him to save his church. But then in the most tedious part of the show after he gets the money to save his church he keeps catching these bad ones over and over can't seem to catch a break just for the dumbest most like come on out of control randomness like and it would be interesting if there was with these bad ones you had like some type of link or there's a reasoning behind it but it just seems to be he's just catching bad ones for no good reason so yeah it was it was really all over the place there was an extended uh part of the episode where it's just like his visions like he got hit in the head with a rock and so then now we're in his mind and so his hands were on fire and it was just all this like crazy nothing was real it was just all in his head and 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 i don't like spending too much time on these kind of trippy visions of stuff and it's not really that effective you know like tv watching is is precious time to me and if you're going to be artsy about somebody's you know mental state it should be a little more effective than just random scenes of stuff thrown together i don't know um i do have to say the actor really pulled it off he's a great actor the performance was great i just feel like in the scope of the show it was just i I, I can't watch this anymore ben I, i have to resign publicly again well, I'm not going to quite resign. I'll still give some updates on the leftover show. I'm still slightly interested. But, yeah, we're going to have to shift our focus on special delivery because there's a lot of other shows coming up that I think deserve the fan bros treatment. You've still been watching Dominions. I got to say, yeah, Dominion on Sci-Fi on Thursday nights. It's been uh, It's been stepping up to the plate. Uh, they are now kind of really dealing with the characters that they set up. They're on episode four. Last week's episode was actually really good. Um, not to reveal too much, but uh, the chosen one, which is uh, the crux of the show, is now coming more to the present to being publicly recognized. And again, you know, since we haven't covered it in detail, I'd rather let the fan bros go and watch on their own. But the special effects are good. The story is really evolving better. It's I still think it's a little too stuffed or what I call too much luggage. Um, but if they simplify it, it's going to be really, really good. Um, and they're pulling off these special effects better than I thought. So uh, kudos to Dominion. And then also Sunday Nights, Ben, uh, is going to be The Strain uh, premieres, which is 
Guillermo del Toro's new uh, series, and that's on FX. And uh, we should be covering that, I feel. No, most definitely. We're going to leave this to the fan bros out there. You know, a little quick question of the week. Which show should get the chopping block? Should we continue? I mean, we're going to obviously finish up True Blood. It's the last season. You know, Leftovers might not make it. Might have to slide that to the back. Extant, definitely, so far. Get in the review treatment. I want to cover the strain. I could pass on the Leftovers, so... We'll ask the fan bros, are y'all feeling the leftovers or do we just, you know, keep it moving on that one? Please say keep it moving. <laughs> I help you guys with that one. <laughs> Actually, Sci-Fi is, uh, is coming out with a lot of new stuff. Um, Ascension is another show that they're coming up with. Uh, I think that the sci-fi genre is hitting TV pretty hard in a lot of different ways. I think people are realizing that it's a great form to be able to tell a story where characters are still, you know, three-dimensional. It's not like the old sci-fi shows where, you know, everybody's got a position or, you know, just they stick to their lane. I think there's a way to create these character-driven, you know, sci-fi shows. So, um, of course, Sci-Fi, the channel, is going to be doing that, but I feel like some of these other channels are getting in on it, um, and we'll see how that develops as well. You know, I got to say, there's just so much potential out there. And I think we'll see um, a lot more shows kind of dibbling and dabbling with not just sci-fi, but also maybe science stuff and a little fantasy stuff. We'll see. I think um, the geek culture is mainstreaming as it has been in the movies. But I think now on TV, it's going to mainstream even more. I mean, most definitely with Game of Thrones getting 19 nominations, that's definitely going to spur on some you know, uh, competitors, some biters, however you want to call it. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're, they're going to try and make a new Game of Thrones, everything. I mean, even on Dominion, the, there's like the house of this and the house of that. And, the you know, the, the city is Las Vegas, but they call it Vega. And so there's all this palace intrigue, which is exactly like Game of Thrones. Even the opening music of Dominion if you if you listen to it, you're like, wait a second, that's mm. kind of Game of Thrones' show. I think the influence is clear. Definitely. I was feeling that from the episodes that I've caught so far. Well, I think that's about it for this week's special delivery, Kimsonian. We covered Edstent. We covered Dominion, Leftovers, True Blood. Thank you all for listening. As always, check out fanbros.com where you can check out our new store. Fanbro's shop is now open. You can get t-shirts, throw pillows, iPod chases, iPad chases, all that good stuff, all kinds of designs, more designs coming every week on fanbros.com. And in addition to that, there's all kinds of articles, editorials, reviews. We'll be reviewing Planet of the Apes this week. Much more regular show. Subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud, on Facebook, all that good stuff. You know how we do it. It's Fan Bro Show. You love us. We love you, too. Anything else, Timsonian? I think you said it best. All right. Well, then, peace. God bless you, and good night. Cheer.